welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram, Ask Adam Torres. We keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, all that other good stuff. I'd love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have online uh, Mario Costanz. Um, he is the CEO and founder over at Happy Tax. Uh, Mario, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Adam. So, Mario, I'm excited to uh, get into uh, how you are really um, working in the tax industry and uh, and how you're you're a bit of a disruptor. Uh, so, I'm excited to get into all of that. But before we do, uh, let's just get into your background a little bit more. Um, how did you get started in business or as an entrepreneur? Sure. I mean, I've actually been spent a little over two decades as an entrepreneur. I've been in various industries. Uh, started an internet company in '99. I uh, built real estate in New York City. Um, I've had, um, you know, so a varied uh, experience. And back 18 years ago, I got involved after I sold my internet company, just um, took a tax class and said, hey, this could be an interesting skill set for me and my next entrepreneurial endeavor to kind of understand, be able to talk the talk um, when it comes to, to minimizing taxes. And I took the class and was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. I love it. And um, I decided at the very last minute to do taxes on the side, uh, just friends, family, um, and colleagues. And uh, that bloomed along the way into a full-blown uh, tax office operation on the independent side. And I uh, started growing that practice. Uh, alongside, this was the, the early and mid-2000s, uh, real estate was really hot, so I got involved um, with mortgage banking and real estate development and was running a, a multi-service uh, financial services firm uh, all up until real estate collapsed uh, in 2008 or so. So it was that year that I started my second restaurant and kind of started to pivot away from real estate as I wound down all my positions. I got out nicely. I said those did quite well. Uh, and I converted my tax business into a franchise that year and uh, as a franchisee and leveraged the, the power of franchising to scale from that one office up until 99 tax offices in five states uh, four and a half years later as a franchisee. Uh, that is what led me to my, to my current endeavors after I sold that off back to the franchisor there. Wow, that's pretty amazing, and and I think what's interesting um, about your background, obviously, you, is that you've uh, well, among other things, is that you really have a diverse um, experience level. So from tax to restaurant to mortgage to finance, I mean, some of these are unrelated industries. So you have a really wide breadth um, of of really entrepreneurial experience. Um, so for, keeping that context in mind. Um, for that new, let's say you're that new college grad or maybe you didn't go to college and you're just getting started and you have an idea that you want to get from um, inception that you're, let's just assume that the person's passionate about it, um, uh, then what would be your kind of advice to get helping them get that um, idea off the ground? That's a great question. So, I mean, from my perspective, I'm actually a high school dropout. Um, dropped out of high school early, uh, took my GED, went right to college early, dropped out of that as well. Uh, but so for me, I've, I've always kind of had those entrepreneurial juices flowing. 
and the biggest piece of advice that I can give to anyone is just go do it. I mean, make the mistakes, crash and burn. I've crashed and burned multiple times. You still wake up the next day with, with air in your lungs and the ability to go create other opportunities. Uh, and you learn from all those experiences. So, you know, you mentioned all the diversity in, in, in uh, things that I've worked on. Each one of those has helped to create the next one in a bigger form. Just don't make the same mistakes twice. So the reality is whether you start small or big, I've done both. Um, you know, whether you're going to raise capital uh, from your idea or whether you're going to just kind of like I did, do taxes on the side or whatever it is that you're passionate about, you know, start just a side service business or start selling that product, you know, one by one to your friends and family and get that market fit, and then you can continue to grow it. Uh, that would be my biggest piece of advice. Something tells me you're pretty good at sales. You're definitely good at, at creating a message. You're definitely good at uh, marketing it, whether it's directly by you making a phone call or through its other forms of marketing. Um, what would be your, your advice for that entrepreneur that's getting started in sales? Uh, so the interesting thing about that, and, you know, I never thought of myself as, as good as sales, and I'm actually an introvert. <laughs> so um, sales in, in and of itself has been difficult for me. Uh, being an introvert, but when you believe in something, when you have something that you want to create for yourself and for your family, uh, it becomes kind of focus in on what it is that you really can embrace the inner workings of everything. You know, you need to know everything that there is about your product if you're going to sell it successfully. You need to sit and think about what the objections are, but also don't sit and think too long because there's going to be curveballs. I can guarantee that that, you know, when you get in front of that first customer, they're going to ask you something you weren't prepared of. And you know what? It is what it is to say something like, you know, that's a great question. I haven't thought of that, but I'll find out for you. And then diligently go get the answer and show the value. That's what sales is really all about. It's about being authentic with the people, not trying to kind of create some sales tactics. Those don't work. You're not going to kind of uh, boiler room someone into buying something. You're going to show them that you're a person of integrity and that your product fits their need. Uh, and the biggest tip I would give to salespeople uh, is the best salespeople do more listening than they do talking. So uh, don't try to vomit all over your prospect with all the bells and whistles about why your product or service is great. Listen to them, find out what their needs are, and then you can fine tune your message. Uh, it's not to say that you still don't have to talk or that you still don't have to uh, sell, uh, but you can you can refine that based off of the needs of the customer uh, to do a lot of listening as a salesperson. And, and I think that's what makes you so great at it, <laughs> is that you said you're an introvert that doesn't think of themselves as a salesperson. That makes you a master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let let's uh, let's switch it up a bit. Uh, let's. I want to talk more about what you're doing as CEO over at uh, Happy Tech. So, what kind of clients are you helping them, and what are you helping them with? Yeah. So with Happy Tech, we invented a new way of doing taxes. We, you know, coming out of a brick and mortar uh, franchise environment. I saw very clearly that uh, many people in the tax business uh, are not really good at sales and marketing as well as taxes. So what we did is we split the roles between business development and the actual tax preparation. We also realized, or I realized, uh, that you know brick and mortar was crumbling in many industries. So we founded this company at the very end of 2014. Uh, so we created a virtual tax franchise that enables everyone to specialize in what they do best. 
uh, the salespeople, the business development people handle that. They originate tax returns. And then our tax team, they actually prepare the tax returns. U.S.-based licensed CPAs do the work. So it creates an assembly line process that ultimately creates a better experience for the client. You don't have to go and sit and wait in a waiting room, uh, uh, drive to the place, wait for some preparer who may be grumpy to do your return. You get the best of both worlds with dealing with those great uh, client concierge relationship people as well as having the tax work done by professionals all in a virtual way. So we've got mobile apps. Uh, we've got mobile uh, applications on the web that enable those returns to be submitted into our team and get them done seamlessly. That's pretty much in a nutshell what Happy Tax was born as. Uh, since then, we've added on some additional abilities, uh, primarily around cryptocurrency and cannabis. We have uh, the largest specialty cryptocurrency practice helping those that have traded cryptocurrencies. A lot of uh, uh, challenges when it comes to reconciling that data for a tax return. So we've got a great team of people that handle that uh, for those traders. Um, so that's kind of a rounds out uh, some of our specialties here at Happy Tax. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. And you know what? When you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh! It's basically it's it's very uh, similar to the trend, and it is the future for sure. It's very similar to what happened in the investment and wealth management industry. So at one point, a broker used to do the sales, do the investing, and uh, do the client management. Um, and now it's very likely that your financial advisor, while they'll give you advice and do other things and do your financial plan, um, they're not going to be your day-to-day -day money manager typically. Typically there's somebody that's going to do that or a team of people that are investment managers actually doing the day-to-day um, -day, um, adjustments in the portfolios. So I see that uh, it, it makes total sense what you're doing, and I can see how the overall – um, um, scalability, but also the um, the end result of what the client gets is, in my opinion, the client's going to be happier. <laughs> They're dealing with somebody exactly. that loves to do taxes on that part, and on the relationship management part of it, um, they're happy on that side too, because that's where that person's at. So the so the um, the experience is pretty seamless. That's amazing. Um, what you. kind of yeah that that's that's really far far thinking I I haven't heard of that model yet but it makes sense just like wealth management the same way that industry took that turn um, I would be surprised if yours um, your model is not the future who knows how many years down the line of but of how it's done um, so that that's awesome um, what kind of I'm just I want to spend a little bit more time on the um, on the uh, on the crypto side of things, because I know a lot of people that that listen to this, they're in that space or other things. Um, what are some of the uh, some of the challenges for them? Uh, just so we can get a little bit more into that. Sure thing. I mean, first off, the, the, one of the biggest challenges that I see is the data. So the data is coming from various wallets and exchanges, and although the IRS has deemed the crypto as property for purposes of taxation, which means every time that you trade crypto or every time that you use crypto, whether it's coin to fiat uh, or coin to coin or coin for goods or services, those are all taxable transactions. So keeping track of that and having essentially bookkeeping to be done on those trades, because it's not like on a stock where you get a 1099B and you just you know add that onto your tax return or your tax pro adds that onto your tax return. This data has to be 
uh, reconciled, massaged. Oftentimes there's holes in the data because uh, one crypto exchange doesn't uh, pass the cost basis of the crypto to the next crypto exchange when you're moving crypto around uh, or, or to wallets. So you really need to have specialty knowledge in order to get the data ready for a tax return. So uh, that will be changing. The IRS is working on additional guidance and enforcement. There's literally millions of people that haven't filed yet uh, for their crypto trades or gains, and they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Uh, it's actually much better to be proactive, include that, uh, and take the proper tax planning strategies. But right now the data is the biggest challenge and problem, and compliance of people actually properly recording, uh, but that's not going to be for much longer uh, what's in the pipeline with the government. No, that's great. And I figured a lot of it had to do with that. And that's and it just reminds me the early, early days of, uh, of stocks, right? So that's before, yep. before it was basically law for a, um, for an institution when you're doing an asset transfer, moving shares to, um, to change the, uh, or to transfer the cost basis. I mean, that wasn't done for, that's, I mean, that's only been implemented, what, the last 10 years, maybe 15 of yep. that. Um, so that's, that's just all great stuff. And I can, I think I'm glad that those measures are for the people listening to this. Um, you should be happy that they're being the IRS and that um, people like Mario are being proactive and even offering a service like this, because what you don't want to happen is 10 years down the line or five years down the line. Sure. There's supposedly a, uh, a amount of time or a look back period that the IRS can can only go up to, but that's that's assuming you're not in an audit. If you're in an audit, um, you're, you're in, the burden is going to be on you, and they're going to do what and, and whatever they want to do in terms of uh, requesting uh, data, whether or not it's in a look back period or something else. So um, that being said, definitely be proactive if you're out there trading, and if you don't know exactly what Mario's talking about um, when you when when uh, what he just explained um, then you may need to reach out anyway because uh, that means that you're probably uh, um, causing yourself more trouble down the line than if you uh, are a little bit more proactive on it especially if you're going to be investing in that um, space long term uh, speaking of which Mario um, if somebody wants more information and to reach out to either yourself or happy tax what's the best way for them to do so yeah, there's a couple ways. So you can uh, always email me directly. My email is mario at theproblemsolver.com. Uh, you can check out Happy Tax's consumer offerings at happytax.com. If you're interested in a franchise opportunity with us, it's gethappytax.com. And finally, if you need help with those crypto trades, uh, which I'll just mention real quick. Also, it's a public ledger, a blockchain. And all these exchanges have, you know, all of the trades documented. So it's only a matter of time. It's not like you can hide from this, but you would check out CryptoTaxPrep.com for more information about how we can help you with those uh, transactions. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so Mario, I just want to thank you for coming on the show first. Um, and to the, to the listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave me a uh, review, all those other good things we do to support our podcasters. I really appreciate it. And Mario, thanks again for coming on.